it is finally time for us to share the results of the State of Handmade survey with you all, and we are so excited to do this. We have two episodes, two long episodes, plus a Patreon exclusive episode coming up this month all about what we discovered about the worldwide handmade community in the State of Handmade survey. There were some expected results and some that surprised us, and we'll be talking about those in the upcoming episodes. This is episode 73 of the Business and Making Podcast. Let's get to it. Do you want to make it as a maker? This is the Business of Making podcast with your hosts, Michaela Denvers, Deb Engelmeyer, and Jess Van Den. We know from experience that growing a handmade business is bloody hard work. We're here to make it a little bit easier for you by dishing out reality-based, no BS, tried and tested advice on how to make your business work. Tune in every week for an honest conversation on what it really takes to make a creative business a success. podcast is brought to you by the Business of Making's Email Marketing for Makers Workshop Bundle, the ultimate guide for starting, growing and making sales from your email list. Let us give it to you straight. Email marketing works. It's essential to growing a successful handmade business online. If you've never got your email marketing groove on, it can be overwhelming and complicated. Never fear though, we've outlined everything you need to know so you can harness the power of email marketing to grow your business. No more I'll get it done one day excuses. This three-part workshop series has been designed with you in mind, the maker, the creator, the risk taker. Each workshop is actionable and fluff free. With dwindling organic reach on social media, you can't afford to let email marketing pass you by. It doesn't have to be overwhelming and just another thing you have to action it can and should be a profitable marketing strategy. Get instant access to our no BS email marketing workshop now. Visit thebusinessofmaking.com slash workshops to change your business today. G'day everyone, Jess here. Welcome back to the show for this month. And we're very excited because we are finally bringing you the results of the State of Handmade survey and we are very excited to share it with you today. Uh, I am of course here with Deb. Hello. And Mick. Hello. <laughs> now we're recording this uh, just at the end of March just to give a bit of, con- I think we need to give a bit of context to this I think because um, shit's getting crazy out there right now right so <laughs> <laughs> let's let's be honest. Uh, Michaela is actually in a big room at the university library where there are no students anymore, but she still has to go to work at the moment. Uh, so her sound's probably going to be a little bit off. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Just a slightly echoey. Because her lovely children are, of course, not at school. They're at home. So um, we thought this was a better option. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the available options. <laughs> not sure yeah, it's exactly. better. We're all a bit late. I mean, this time next week, you might not even be able to go to work anymore. So who the hell knows what's going to happen? We'll see what happens. Deb and I, of course, are in our normal hovels. Yeah, nothing has really changed. Still isolating (laughs) from society. (laughs) Been doing so for like 30 years. Nick was joking with like introverts, been planning for this for our whole lives. Totally. (laughs) So yeah, um, uh, and obviously last week we published an episode all about 
you know, COVID-19 and the impact and how we felt about it and thought about it. So you can go listen to that if you haven't already. And mm. uh, we kind of, we'll move on from that now and get into the good goodies of uh, the survey, which we did quite a while ago now, but uh, we needed time to analyze everything. Yes, and look more than we thought. Oh my God. <laughs> So much more. To, we haven't actually completely finished right now. Like we're still doing some cross-referencing stuff that's going to be in the Patreon epi- only episode Yeah, uh, later this month. So um, that's going to be really interesting because that's where we're going to like going to, well, people who earn this much work this many hours a week and people who, mm. you know, uh, have been in business this long, make this much money and all that sort of like digging deeper into the data. Yeah. Um, these two episodes we're going to be doing this week and the following one, we're kind of just going to go through the results and share the, the, the sort of top level results with you all and, and kind of talk about stuff that it like surprised us and stuff that didn't surprise mm. us uh, when it came to, you know, what we expected to get out of this survey. Uh, but before I do that, I just want to send a shout out to one of our wonderful platinum patrons and that is Autumn Rumpf who I know. Hello, Autumn. Thank you so much for supporting the show. We really appreciate it. Uh, Her business name is called Autumn B Designs and you can find her on Etsy under that name. And she makes uh, beautiful handmade polymer clay beads and turns them into, you know, necklaces, jewellery, lanyards, all sorts of stuff. And uh, I recommend you go check it out if you love that style of jewellery. So thank you so much, Autumn, for being a Platinum patron and supporting the podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. (laughs) All right, let's get into this data, shall we, ladies? Uh, Okay, I've talked enough. Does one of you want to kind of do a little background on uh, what we actually did? I was actually going to ask you a question because I can't remember the URL and I'm pretty sure you would. But it's like, if I want to see the results, because we have some really pretty graphs, you guys, that we colored and everything. Um, If I want to see the actual, like, recent results, where do I go? Oh, yes. So we have, um, well, it's the State of Handmade 2020 results, but we need to make a much easier one. So let's just put results, hey? We'll create, we we haven't done it yet, but we'll create a redirect. (laughs) To make it easy for you all, let's be honest here, uh, thebusinessofmaking.com forward slash results yeah. if you want to go look at the results. Um, if you're on our mailing list, we would have slash will be emailing them to you. Uh, so you can just pop in your email and it will be there. And there's also an option there for you to download the PDF version if you want to like download that so you can keep it on your little computer and look at it later. Um, it's there too on the same page. So thebusinessofmaking.com slash results. Yay. I don't know who you're pointing yeah. to, Jess. Are you pointing to me? I was pointing to Dan. I'm like, continue. <laughs> oh, I, we don't have the... I, was, I, was, I thought you were dancing. I don't know. <laughs> okay, continue. So maybe we should give a little bit of context. So why did we yes. want to do this survey in the first place? Let's just talk a little bit about that. I think it's mostly because we realized that there's no real data around our industry. Like if you want to look at, you know, data that would be kind of relevant to what you're all doing. It's either that on small businesses, but that's very different. Like a brick and mortar is very different in what you're doing or, you know, there's different type of business models. And then, uh, or the alternative is e-commerce survey, which again is, is broader and wider. And so it wasn't necessarily handmade specific and we are data nerds and we thought let's stop, you know, guessing what we think we know about the industry and actually mm-hmm. ask people, um, So this is obviously the first year we've done it. There's a few things that we want to do better (laughs) next year. (laughs) 
which we'll probably talk about at some stage when we analyze the results with you. Uh, but overall, um, I think this was quite successful for a first edition. I'm really happy with, um, thank you. First, thank you to, to all of you yeah, that participated. An amazing amount of people participated. Yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. We're quite happy with the sample size. Um, and which was so, 1,827 people. Yes. Exactly. I actually thought it was 1825, but no, you're right, 1827. <laughs> um, most of uh, you were in the US, so this is something that we want you to keep in mind as well as we analyze and, and share the results with you because it's the majority was from the US and a majority of you are also Etsy sellers, mostly because of who shared the survey, I think. <laughs> it's important mm -hmm. to say. Not, so not necessarily representative of like the entire handmade industry, but like representative of the audience of the people who helped us share the survey. Mm -hmm. So something to keep in mind as well when we get to that data. Uh, but should we just dive in with the first yeah. uh, section, which was like demographics, I believe? Yeah, well, so like you said, um, the location of the respondents, 69.8%. So basically 70% mm. of people responded were from North America, including Canada. So that was a huge proportion. Mm. Uh, mm. The next largest was Australia and New Zealand at 12.4% and then UK Ooh. and Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> Represent. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Represent. So two-thirds were from the, from the States and Canada and the rest were from mostly, of course, English-speaking Western countries, understandably, because it's in English. So, um, yeah, we did have a small sample from Asia, Middle East and Central and South America and Africa, but only a couple of respondents from those areas. Uh, it'd be good to get more, obviously, to get a more global idea, but that's what we ended up with this time around. Mm. Yeah. And the age thing was no surprise either. <laughs> yeah, no real surprise there. I mean, the three biggest group is any, like pretty much anywhere between 25 and 55, really. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and But still like 16% uh, of people were between 56 and 65, which I think is really interesting because I think it shows the potential for Handmade Shop to maybe help you prepare for retirement or put some more money either into retirement or have extra money during retirement. And so I think it's an, it's still an important segment. Like it's, you know, 16% mm. I was, I'm not, I wouldn't say surprised, but um, I think it's worth noting. For yeah. sure. I think it's also really interesting that only 1.5% of respondents were under 25. Yes. So this is not a young person's game, generally speaking. This is something that sort of uh, older and mostly women, because <laughs> that's the next thing. 92.9% of respondents were female. <laughs> so that was not a surprise either. Yeah. Um, I wonder why uh, people under 25 are like not into it. <laughs> I wonder if there's, how this compare with like other um, niche of like entrepreneurship. I wonder if it's just the handmade world or if it's just generally speaking, people are still like going through uni and, and just, busy being young <laughs> not caring yeah. about I don't know I don't know it's a really interesting thing though I think then that might be part of it like you know I got into craft in my mid-20s and that's sort of when I started and I was too busy before that just you know going through uni getting a job mm. working and mm. focusing on that uh I, I think maybe young people don't really see this as a viable career option mm. it's it seems to be more something people sort of fall into get into later on because mm. of circumstance and we'll, we can go down and talk about that as well um, and I guess there's also what you said like the actual craft like you need to learn mm -hmm. how to make what you want to sell and you know when you're 22 you don't have maybe enough experience to make this like a viable yeah. career choice maybe because it's like you're just learning and it takes you a long time to create 
things. <laughs> yeah, so definitely. Probably why. Uh, but also when we're talking about that, we can have a look at our um, kind of career, that like the reasons people got into business. This was really interesting. We actually added a few from the responses because we had another section, so many other sections. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lesson we learned. Maybe don't be so liberal with our other sections because we had a lot <laughs> of analysis to do of those. Yeah. Um, but uh, like one that we added was uh, I was fired or made redundant and needed to make money. Mm. One that's probably a bit more relevant now than ever before. Well, actually, let's jump into that question. I think it's mm. really relevant to talk about it now. So the, the first reason that was, but honestly, it's, it's the, the, two, the top two are pretty close to each other. 17.5% of respondents said that they started because uh, this was always the main career goal. So wait, did I say that right? Yeah, 17.5%. Yeah. My craft yeah, art was always my main career goal. Yeah. I need to zoom in on my window. This is too small, guys. I need glasses. <laughs> yeah, much better. I can't that see actually, you now, but I can see the data. So that's probably better. <laughs> that actually surprised me. I didn't actually expect it to be that many people who, yeah, this is what I actually really planned on doing because so so few of the people I kind of teach and deal with that is, is are in that circumstance. It's really interesting. Yeah, I agree. That was really surprising. I would have put money down on the... Um, making some extra money on the side, which is the number two response that was 16.8% of people. And then the one that I thought was going to be totally number one was because I was making so much stuff for fun. I figured I may as well try to sell some of it. I really think that this is what I hear the most. Yeah. So I'm surprised this didn't come first, but again, it's, it's very close to it's 15.9%. So all these three top re responses are yeah quite similar in terms of stats. As is the next one, which is 15.4%, which is someone said you should sell that when they saw one of my creations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's really common as well. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of goes down from there. Um, so I could earn money while staying home with my kids was the next one. Mm -hmm. And then retirement. Um, the, then after that, 6% uh, of people who have a disability are unable to work a regular job. Mm. Um, and then, then after that becomes self-employed doing something I love. And it's interesting. I think I'm not sure if that's like a lot of the, the stuff we got from that were people saying in the other section, like, I hate my job. I wanted to do something yeah. else that I enjoyed. Um, so I can't believe we didn't think to include that. Honestly, that's one we actually <laughs> added from the responses. Yeah. Um, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't talked for a long time. I was trying to get the bloody results up on my computer. <laughs> like I can't, I was going to follow along with the ladies as they were talking. Yeah. I'm like, I can't, I need a visual. I can't follow along while they're talking. So I'm here. Hello. Right. Yeah, that's why I was like, you guys, maybe you need to download that PDF while we yeah. talk. So you're like, it makes sense. Cause we have really nice graphics in front of us, but mm. it's kind of hard to talk about if you're not looking at them. So again, it's the business of making.com slash results. Um, and you can just, like, it's all public on the page or you can download the PDF, whatever yeah. you can do both. Um, yeah. but so if you're feeling like me, Caroline going, wait, what? <laughs> you can do that. I can't comment. I have no idea yeah. what's next. <laughs> and then from, from that results of like, um, you know, why did you start? It's really interesting that almost 50%, so 45.7% of people want this to be a full-time business, like a solo full-time business, like mm. themselves and maybe one other person. So that's yeah. half of the people who responded, which yeah. I find really awesome and interesting because it shows that a, a lot of us don't want to grow our businesses. Mm. Um, 
19.5% of people do. They actually want a, like a business that's well beyond them, like a big actual business with employees and, and all that sort of jazz. But everybody else is, you know, either, yeah, full-time or a solid part-time or something on the side. So, yeah, that was interesting as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it reminded me of the episode we did, I can't remember how it's called, maybe smallering or yeah, should we- you grow or is it okay to not want to grow? <laughs> I'm giving you a lot of different titles. That probably <laughs> none of them is probably accurate. But we'll we didn't research any of those terms on our website. It'd be fine. Yeah. yeah. We'll find <laughs> it in the show notes. Yeah. But it was all about, you know, um, it's fine to not want to grow past you being the main employee and this being like a full-time income for you. And then that's mm. that. Like you mm. don't need to want to go for like world domination and be in every shop in the entire planet. Although there are some people that might want that. I think yeah. the majority in our industry are just, just want a solid income um, either on the sides if they're still working or have another, you know, income in the household or just that's the one source of income. Yeah. Um, I think we covered in that episode about being realistic about that. So if you mm. want to just be yourself and maybe one other person being realistic about what that income would be, not probably going to be yeah. making millions of dollars just with one person. No. Perhaps. Very unlikely yeah. as a handmade business to be able yes. to do that. Maybe if you're selling yeah. digital stuff, but that's pretty much the only way. Mm. Yeah. Um, but what I liked about this question though, is that, um, I feel this and the question before that we were talking about, that was like, oh, my art or my craft was always my main career goal. That makes me happy because it shows that this industry is like, it's starting to feel like a serious, which it is mm-hmm. like a serious career choice that you can have uh, rather than just like, Oh, just like, you know, those crafters trying to make money on Etsy. Like I feel like we're, we're, we're you know, it's good that yeah. people are going like, this is actually like a, a really legit career choice. And this is like a, a part of the e-commerce world. So I really like that as someone that's in the industry, because we need to change that sort of like, we need to reframe what people think about handmade shops. Yeah, um, sure. And then that plus what's your ultimate goal being mostly either solid part-time, full-time um, with only me working in it or full-time that expands well beyond me. Like if you group all of those together, you are like like an overwhelming majority of people. So taking this seriously as like something that I can really make money from, uh, there's not many people that, that that replied, I just want this to be a hobby or I want this to be a fun side hustle. I think it adds up to like less than 10% in total. Um, yeah. That could potentially be an artifact of the data though in that mm. people who are more likely to reply to this survey are more likely to be taking their business seriously. Yeah, that's true. So that is something to take, to keep in mind. And this is something to keep in mind with all starter, data, isn't it, and all statistics. Like, yeah, it's always yeah. the results sort of, are a representation of the sample, yeah. not yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> not everyone everywhere. No, yeah. that's right. Um, I love that we got some long-termers here because we had a question about how long have you been in business and mm. the majority, so over 30%, were three to five years. So that's yeah. that's good. We had like um, even people who are 20-plus years here. So that's that was pretty cool to see, the real yeah. long-termers replying. Um, only 11% had been in it for less than a year. Yeah, and almost 20%, well, yeah, just above 20% if you group uh, the 8 to 10 years and 11 to 15 years. So that's 20% of people who are between 8 and 15 years, which is a long time. And that's a fair chunk of people as well, yeah. So this wasn't just – I actually was a bit surprised by that, to be honest. I thought we would have a little bit more – I don't know why. I I think maybe I didn't really thought about it, but I would have guessed just Mm. like that, that it would have been more sort of like younger businesses. Yeah. 
But again, that that's a really heartening statistic and result because it shows mm. that there are people who have been doing this for a very long time. Yeah, and that generally means, and I'm I'm again, we have we'd have to cross reference, and we haven't done all of that analysis yet. But that generally means that they're probably doing okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's like why I'm think. excited about the cross referencing, like going yeah. okay, well, the people who have been working longer, how much are they making, and you know, are they making? More yeah, money? all that stuff's going to be really interesting for sure. Oh, one, a few things we had uh, done, we were looking at like how many hours a week people work versus their income. Mm. That was interesting. <laughs> mm. We'll talk more about that in the Patreon episode. Um, now let's talk about niches. <laughs> this was not surprising. <laughs> Wait, let's make people guess. Like, we can't hear you, but like take three seconds and think, what do you think the majority of people that took this survey replied when we were like, what do you sell? <laughs> do you think it was jewelry? Yes. <laughs> 25% of respondents. Yeah, that's a huge, yeah. that's jewelry. huge. That's a lot. And it, it's interesting, it's like we could dive it's into huge. this deeper in another episode maybe, but it's interesting, like that's obviously a very saturated market, but people do well still. So it's a, I guess it's a commodity that people continue buying, you know, they just keep wanting it. So it's, yeah, yeah. it's super interesting. And I, I found like the candles was actually really low, but the people that I know who are making mm. the most money sell candles. So that's really interesting to me too, because it's like, well, oh, you know, I know people making yeah. over a hundred grand on candles. Yeah, candles is a bit low. I think we have to be honest as well here in terms of that we did make note because, um, again, we had an other, I think, answer possible there for this question and we learned a lot by what we got there and had to sort of like, um, yeah, reanalyze everything. But pretty much for next year, I think we're going to present that a little bit differently because I think some people selling candles could have been clicking on home and living, which does make sense. So I think that, like, yeah, we need to, to look at, dividing this a little bit differently next year but i'm surprised by how many a little people said candles as well but i think that's mostly because they're under home and living which is the second biggest category after jewelry at uh 19 of respondents yeah and then accessories was 8.6 which is the next lie so you know jewelry and accessories probably mostly for women generally speaking mm. uh definitely if you put them together like the huge part mm. of the market after that was art which is fantastic we got 7.8 percent mm. of people who are artists responding and then knit and crochet mm. bath and beauty ceramics was only 3.3 percent which surprised me i feel like uh and also baby and children's clothing 4.2 percent i feel like that would have been higher but no mm. and again that could be an artifact of who's responding yeah so very interesting digital download 3.4 percent that's interesting it's not um so much but it is a fair bit when you consider that you know it's not exactly like this goes back to what's handmade what's not is this a pattern yeah. is this like you know it's it's a bit of a complicated topic that i think we talked about very early in this podcast like if you go back to episode one or two or three maybe it was even episode one where we were like what's handmade and what's not and um but i i, I do see a lot of makers uh, or you know knitters for example that will say they're neat or that will sell kits and they will sell patterns as well so there's definitely some diversification going in the industry as well yeah but the, the top ones like jewelry and home and living and accessories they're mm. pretty much all i would i would guess they're yeah. all actual handmade items so that's yeah. really great to see. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, the, I think that's it also shows that, hey, and we, again, we should cross-reference like jewellery, people making jewellery versus how much money they're making. I think that would be really interesting. Yes. Um, but, I mean, I've, I make jewellery and I do well. 
up till now, mm. who knows what the future's going to hold for the next few months, but up until this point in time, you know, we've been, we've been cruising along for 10 mm. years or whatever, uh, making a decent chunk of money from it. So it is possible to, yeah, make a lot of money from that. I know other people who do as well. So, mm. um, I, I'm, well, it's just, it's something that people love to buy. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's <laughs> small, it's easy, it's pretty, it's, yeah. It's, it comes in collections or you buy more from the same sellers mm. so you can actually have repeat sales. Well, I know just you're selling wedding rings, which I hope people don't repeat. Too <laughs> no, much. but I do sell other stuff. Let that me they get do. married for the fifth time. I have yeah, some like exactly. earring collectors and stuff. Yeah. 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 And you have like more minimal yeah. pieces as well that aren't necessarily <laughs> like wedding, but yeah. So it's something that's, I think that's mostly why people are still doing well um, in this niche. For sure. If, and the next, oh, sorry, Mick. Sorry, I was just going to say I've unmuted myself because I want to contribute to the conversation, but there's something's going on outside here. It's very noisy. They're like doing gas bottles, it's banging. So please just ignore that. But, Love it. I'm here. Okay. So the, the next one, which leads on from this, is um, what do you sell as in one of a kind? reproducible designs uh what was it so the the ones the main responses were one of the kind designs made by you or in-house 33.4 percent the next was reproducible designs made by you or in-house and that's 44.9 percent so the the majority uh Mm. the next lowest was customizable designs made by you or in-house so that's 15.9 percent uh and then we've got 3.5 percent of people uh who do um items made like print on demand items made for you and stuff like that. So yeah, mm. I actually was surprised by the amount of one of a kind. I'm yeah. desperate to cross references with not. profit. I'm desperate. <laughs> yes, I'm like, are these people making profit or no? Cause yeah. I'd love to. Yeah. 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 We really, we yeah. really need to look at that. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely, I can't wait for the cross reference on that and the cross reference on print on demand and profit. Mm. Yeah. And hours spent at work versus one of a kind and all of that. I think there'll be some really good, um, more insights coming from that. Because, you know, and we said mostly, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that they sell only no. that. But if mostly it is one of a kind design, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how that data spread across like the, the money section. <laughs> yeah. And now I think next year it might be better for us to change this up because what we did this time we said mostly next time we could potentially say you know choose all that apply but that's difficult mm. as well because it can you know you don't know how much I of think each we thing. could break it down into like what percentage of your business is right. so like one of a kind yeah. makes up 50% of sales or you know mm. something like that because mm. we had a lot of people in the comments and uh, like the other section who said oh well like it's kind of 50 50 one of a kind and reproducible and uh mm. or one of a kind and print on demand or whatever so uh, yeah I think it's it's a bit difficult so it is the mostly that we're talking about here so they may sell both but yeah what they mostly sell mm. yeah definitely um and then we actually asked people like what best describes the current state of your business? So is it a hobby? Is it part-time or full-time? Um, 36.8% of people, which is the middle answer, were full-time. The vast majority are part-time, almost 50%. Yeah. Um, and then another 15.5% said hobby. So, yeah. Even, so, if, you know, looking at some of the other bits of information here, people have, you know, been in business for, you know, a long period of time. A lot of them, it's still part-time. So I think that's interesting. Yeah. Um, are you surprised by the business 
hobby? Like I consider my business a hobby as a 15%. Do you think that's high or low or is that what you thought it would be? I thought that's pretty high actually. Yeah, but I think too. that kind of goes into the mindset of people as well. Mm. Like some people consider their business a hobby even though they would like it to be more or even though they are working part-time on it. So it's a tricky question mm. without getting into it in a little bit more depth with people. Yeah. Yeah. I, it definitely comes down to your perception. Like, cause a hobby, mm. well, you can be working on a hobby 60 hours a week. It's, you know, but if you still think of it as a hobby, then that's what you say. Mm. Whereas that's a full-time business really. <laughs> if you're yeah. selling stuff and making money from it, then by, by all definitions of work, then that would be full-time. Mm. Mm. But, you know, like I consider my handmade business hobbies at 15%. And then when we said, what's the end goal? Um, not many people said I want it to be a nice hobby business. It was like 3%. Yeah. So that's, that's what's interesting mm. is that there's only 3% of people who said I want it to be a hobby, but there's 15 that consider it a, a hobby. Mm. And so I'm wondering what maybe the phrasing here, like is what we need to, you know, think about because yeah what's the difference between a hobby business and a part-time business yeah or like what what to makes you people consider like what a business they? a hobby like yeah. is it that you because I think there's a mindset issue here as well where it's like well yeah it's just a hobby like I would like it as you said like I would mm. like it to become more but for now it's just a hobby because I don't want to like be disappointed if I like make a commitment and then mm. it doesn't work so mm. I like to say it's a hobby but deep down I want it to be part-time um so I yeah thought that or was is it that they're already working yeah or is it that they're already working full-time in a job mm. and so they don't consider anything outside of that more than a casual yeah. hobby you know like yeah. when yeah. I was working full-time before I would also always say that I work one and a half jobs because mm. I work a full-time job <laughs> and a part-time job mm. um, but yeah again I think it's semantics a little bit like people don't maybe not necessarily mm. saying that it's a part-time job if they're working as well yeah. in, a, in traditional yeah. employment. To me hobby means like I don't necessarily need or want to make money yeah. from this. Yeah, like, I'm fun. happy to yeah. cover cost. I'm having fun with this. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Whereas, but I guess yeah. then too, there's probably a lot of people out there who are running it like a hobby, but they mm. have ideas or dreams that they might turn it yeah. into a full-time business in the future, perhaps. Mm. So mm. yeah, it's really hard to know, like <laughs> without <laughs> like interviewing them basically like, well, what did yeah. you mean by this? <laughs> yeah. That's your job. <laughs> that is my job. It's coming up. <laughs> Hey there, Maker. Are you loving the Business of Making podcast? We're loving bringing it to you, but we really need your support to continue producing the show. You can support us on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. And depending on your level of support, you can get perks like behind the scenes and extra special content, including video, a link to your shop on our website, and even a shout out on the podcast itself. Every month, we also release a secret podcast episode available only to our platinum patrons. Just head on over to thebusinessofmaking.com forward slash support. Um, this is interesting. Uh, I in the love past this year, one. I love this your one. handmade business has, we asked if it had grown, stayed the same or declined. Very happy to report that 57% of respondents had business had grown. That's yeah. amazing. In the last year. Mm-hmm. I love that. Fantastic. And I wish we followed it up with what made it grow like what was the main yeah. thing that <laughs> what was the difference yeah maybe next year we'll add that yeah, one in definitely yeah. <laughs> um ivy write that down for us please <laughs> our producer ivy yeah. listen, you know edits our episodes so we're always like throwing things at her <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so that was really good. And then 30%, uh, 30.5%, sorry, stayed about the same and only 12.5% declined. Mm. So, you know, you see all these people on, this is, uh, this is why data is important. If you go on free Facebook groups, you're going to see oh my post after post after post of person saying, my business was going fine and now I'm not making any sales. Etsy's changed something. Mm. It's all been destroyed, blah, blah, blah. Um, and yeah, that is an experience. I've had that experience. Many of us have had an experience of something's changed. Suddenly we don't understand why. Mm. Our sales have gone down. It's stressful. It sucks for sure. Mm. But this shows us that overall that's not happening to mm. most people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> most people are doing well and even better than they were this time last year. Yeah. And again, if you think back to remember how long we've asked people they've been in business, the vast majority have been in business for more than a year. Yeah, totally. So, I think too, yeah. it would be again, interesting to cross reference this with like the length of time people have been in business. Um, mm. And, but also the, the profit margins as well would be interesting yeah. to look at because it is it the people who are already making I mean, there's some people making over 250000 a year. Like, did they decline? And what does that mean? Like, mm. did they decline to yeah, 240000 yeah, yeah. a year? Like, <laughs> we, yeah. It's hard to know. But, yeah, it would yeah. be interesting, I think, to look at that too. Mm. Yeah. I mean, from my my own handmade business, like, I can see the stats over the last 10 years. Like, our income sort of peaked around 2014, 2015. Mm. But that's also around the time I started Create and Thrive. So, I didn't have as much time and energy to put into the jewellery. And that's the kind of information we don't get from these kind of surveys, right? So, yeah, Mm. uh, like, just preface this, Michaela is a qualitative researcher. I like knowing the reasons why (laughs) behind things. Like, stats are all great and they give us a lot of information. But I would like them to go okay, so this person, exhibit A, person, participant A, which happens to be Jess, not in, not in our survey, but in a hypothetical situation, <laughs> has uh, peaked at this time and then the business has um, not necessarily declined but stayed steady. Like that's what the stats tell us, but mm. why? And the only way you can get to that is yeah. by asking and then they tell you, oh, it's because I started a second business and then a third business. So it's like, yeah, well, yeah it's yeah. me personally. I love knowing that extra information. Mm. And there's well, also it did decline the, somewhat, but then it like, yeah, yeah, leveled out. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. And then there's a state about the same, like to, to take in consideration the fact that some people actually maybe are just happy with what they have. Exactly. And they're like, well, yep. the money I want to make. And any more than that, I'm starting to sacrifice time mm-hmm. with my family mm-hmm. or doing other things that I like on the weekend. And so I just, you know, I'm, maybe that was a goal to stay about the same. Yeah. That was my yeah, goal. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And that's what I've talked about in that previous episode about smallering is the preferred non-growth. And a lot of Mm. research in the past has been focused on financial success as a success factor. And a lot of the time that's not what particularly women want. Like that's, they're actually in a preferred non-growth phase. So, or just stage in it in that's what they want. Mm. So yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. There are are definitely a few things we kind of, like without the qualitative analysis behind it. But the one thing that we take from this though, is that almost 60% of people have grown their shop. So yeah. Amazing. like yeah, if you're stuck into some free Facebook groups out there where like, like everything is negative and everyone is panicking and it, I haven't had a sale in three weeks and this and that, and this change, this algorithm makes like we're not making money anymore. Like this is actually not true. And then it feeds yeah. into this like negativity bias. Cause you see that everywhere. Totally. And you start, yeah. totally. But it I'm is not so true. much. Yeah, so People much. Start panicking, and then they spread false information. It's all very yep. relevant right now. Yeah, there was. 
Oh yeah. Um, there was actually, cause we had a, we had a qualitative question at the end mm-hmm. of this survey, mm. which was like, is there anything else? Well, there were two, but one of them was like, is there any other comments you'd like to make or anything you'd like to share with us? And there was a lot of Etsy rage, <laughs> a <Yeah>. lot, <laughs> a lot of people saying, you know, it's, it's too crowded with stuff from China. It's, they're not taking care of their people anymore. Um, and all of those sorts of issues that you see coming up over and over again, um, you know, in those free Facebook groups. But but the data here is showing us that actually most people are doing okay, mm. at least the ones who responded to this. Little so. side note, if you do feel like that, we recorded an episode that I believe is called You Are Not an Etsy. You Don't Have an Etsy Business, I think yeah. it's called, uh, yeah. where we talked about that and about, I don't remember what happened when we recorded the episode. Something happened in the Etsy world, like one of the things. <laughs> One of the things they changed recently. Like it was the changed. free shipping, yeah, maybe. I think it was the free shipping. I can't remember. Yes. Uh, but it, it's not what the episode turned to be about. It was about, like, if you feel like that about the platform you're selling on, maybe take back the control and do something. Like, you know, your business doesn't have to be, like, Etsy is just a, a platform on which you sell. Mm. Um, yeah. And if really it doesn't work for your specific situation in business, then you don't have to stay. But also it works great for a lot of people <laughs> yeah. yeah so don't cut off your nose to sway your face yeah <laughs> um yeah so that was a really interesting one and then we asked people of course how much time do you spend oh yeah that was interesting too what I- there was what there was the majority answer Super here interesting. Uh, what do you think it's going to be people yeah what, how much time do you think people are going to be spending like have a number business? in your head before we drop it on you <laughs> how many hours this needs how many to be hours like a week? <laughs> need to delve into this so deeply <laughs> yeah um, but i reckon people would guess like 10 to 15 hours i think that's what people would guess possibly mm-hmm. but what is it 10 to 15 hours it's not that no 10 to 15 hours is only 10 percent of the people yeah so. i would have probably said 20 to 30 Mm-hmm. based mm-hmm. on the sample because i know that people like for example marmalade send the survey and so i'm guessing if people are like using marmalade and all that it gives me a, an element of like their taking these pretty seriously, investing in tools and, you know, like they are spending time on this. Yeah. Uh, and finders keepers here in Australia. Yes, out as well. As well. Pretty sure. Yeah. So, like, shout out to those two um, organizations for helping. Yeah. Us thanks guys. Thank you so much. Yeah. It. And, and if you are another, that, that's done that. Yeah. Too, there like, were yeah. so many people who shared it, yeah. like just individuals as well. Mm. So thank you. But yeah, so it wasn't even that it wasn't even 20 to 30. That's only 15%. <laughs> Yeah, it was 40 plus hours. Yeah. 21.2% of people work 40 plus hours on their business every week. Yeah. So that is the majority of people are working a full-time amount of hours. Yeah. Full-time amount of hours. Obviously, we will be cross-referencing this with yes. income. Yes. Because but it is sort of, um, um, it, yeah, that, oh, so much cross-referencing that I want to do with this. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> like, and even like, like cross-referencing with like the kind of product that you sell and the niche and all mm. that, like it'll be really interesting. Mm-hmm. But um, it, mm-hmm. it is sort of, it makes sense though with what we talked about at the beginning, which is that a majority of people also run this as a serious side income or as a full-time business already. Yeah. So you have to keep that yeah. in mind. Like this is mm-hmm. like 90% of people responded. This is a hobby. And then they all said, I work 40 plus hours on it because mm-hmm. that would just not make yeah. sense. But it, it sort of makes sense with what they are. Doing. I think that's the case for some people. Yes, though. It would be yeah. case when we dig into it, we're definitely going to find yeah. that. Yeah. But the next lowest were, um, they're all pretty close. Like, 16 to 20 hours is 17-ish percent. Uh, 21 to 30 hours is 16-ish percent. Um, 
six to 10 hours, 14%. So yeah, but um, that was surprising. And, and I think in a good way for me, like, I feel like, yeah, there's a lot of people out there who are doing it. Like they're really working hard at this and that's why they're succeeding. And I think that's, I, I always talk um, in my, my podcast and when I'm teaching and stuff, I'm like, you have to spend either money or time to grow your business. It just, it won't magically happen um, unless you just get picked up by like, you know, Etsy, quit your day job or whatever the things they do now, or some big magazine or some big TV show or something features you accidentally. And then you become an accidental overnight success, Mm -hmm. uh, which is like 0.01% of people that happens to, (laughs) but for the rest of us, it's the work, it's the time and and effort we've got all the money and all the money. Yeah. And I think that's, that's why I'm always talking about pricing. Like I'm just so passionate about people Mm. really making sure that your pricing allows you to make a profit because the thing with handmade businesses is that you have to spend time creating your products, you know, apart from some of you who maybe sell uh, your art print on demand or digital downloads. And so like the majority of you spend time creating products on top of what every business has to do, which is like marketing and sales. And we can talk about that in a second because we have a question around like, how much time you spend on each of those uh, tasks. Mm. But I think that, you know, it's important to remember it takes work and on top of that, like work to create the product and the marketing. So the pricing thing to me is, is why I'm so obsessed with it because I think a lot of people don't actually make the math of if I want to be successful and make that kind of money, how many items do I have to sell a month and what does that represent in terms of time? Because then you look at the map and you're like, well, I don't have time for marketing anymore. <laughs> so you have mm. to put your prices up, not just because you want to make more money, but because you want this, to, if you want this to be a system, sustainable business, you have to have that profit margin in, or there's a time issue Like you know, it's really the money versus yeah. time thing and you can't stretch time. Sadly, like you only have 24 hours a day. Yeah. And as a handmade business, like you said, <laughs> you have to make your products or someone has to yeah. make them. So you're, you're, you're kind of, limited there side note is that your lovely cockatoo outside the window yes i'm so sorry (laughs) i'm just saying that because people from overseas will be like what's that thing that's screaming and dying outside the window it's just a cockatoo cockatoo. i try to mute myself when you're talking and i'm not but like i wanted to say something then and it just started flying over my house uh, which is an odd time like usually they don't come at this hour but yeah no but one thing i love about cockatoos is that when you hear them you understand how dinosaurs turned into birds yes (laughs) It's not a pretty. They just sound like they would be dinosaurs. (laughs) It's not pretty. Not pretty. (laughs) Do you have? uh, This is so unrelated, you guys. But I want to ask them. So I'm just going to ask them. Do you have catbirds around where you live? Catbirds. Yeah, they sound like cats. Like really, they sound like cats, (laughs) or they sound like babies crying. It's all random. And I have so many around my house. And I I remember when we first moved here, like from the city (laughs) to like the bush. I was saying to Nick, like, wow, the neighbor's baby is just really crying a lot at night. And chill. And we Googled it. We were like, bird sound baby or whatever. And it was a cat bird. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay, this is a thing. So it's a nice bird. I think we used to have one of those. I didn't know it was a cat bird, but yeah. 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 I know They're really sound. annoying. And we also have some really nice birds. Good here, Australia is a really lovely place. <laughs> Anyway, all right. So the next question uh, was um, on a scale of one to 10, where one indicates you spend pretty much all of your business time making your product and 10 indicates you spend almost no time making them. And, you know, the majority of your time actually marketing, working on your strategy and all of that. uh, Where do you currently sit? And so uh, this was interesting. Um, 
So the majority said five, <laughs> which I'm like, okay. Yeah, which I think is, yeah. Right in the middle. I, right in the middle, yeah. I'm not, I'd be more concerned if it was one or the other though, right? Mm. Like if it was all one yes. or all ten. Although like, the next highest is three at 16.8%, mm. which is way more towards the making product side of things. Yeah. Mm. I so. am surprised by this um, a little bit because I used to say a lot or I feel like we all say a lot or there's this thing going around that's like 80% of the time is going to be spent on your marketing. And if you look at the data, it's like, well, actually, that's not necessarily what people are actually doing. Now, is it because that's what they should be doing? <laughs> no. Well, I always <laughs> say in the first year or two of your business, so in the startup yeah. phase, 80 to 90% of your time will probably be spent on non-making mm. tasks. But once you are established, that changes. Yeah. Like my business now, <laughs> it's like 90% making because I don't yeah. do much marketing or any other work around mm-hmm. it. Like it's because most of our business comes in through SEO. Um, that's very interesting. And I think that's, yeah. that's a cross So over time it will shift. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, we didn't include in this uh, learning about marketing because I think a lot of people would have lumped that in together. So if they're new to business, then Mm. they might be spending a shit ton of time making because they got to make, but then also like learning how to do all that stuff Mm. would take time as well. So it it kind of depends on the efficiency and where they are and what they know and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so it's in, it's interesting. I think yeah, it's kind of a really want to cross reference. Ivy, I hope you're um, taking all the notes of all the things we said we were going to cross reference. <laughs> we should be taking notes. Yeah, we're no, I'm just not. <laughs> <laughs> Got this big box in front of me. I'm like, what's this? Yeah, my, anyway. yeah. Um, but yeah, so the if you look at the graph, which I'm not going to try and explain what it looks like visually, just go to the website and look at it. But the 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 majority of people are spending more time creating the products than marketing hmm. the products. Um, yeah, the skew is definitely towards yeah. the making side. Yeah. So again, we'll have to look at how does this relate to income? How does this relate to profit? How does this relate to time in business? How does this relate to number of hours spent on yeah. the business? Right, Ivy? <laughs> yeah, <Ivy>, get on it. <laughs> oh my God. We love you, Ivy. Love you. you. She's the best. She, She's um, the best. Ivy, um, edits the podcast for us every week, and we couldn't do it without her. So thank you. So no, much. absolutely. Yeah. Big shout out. Yeah. Um, okay, so this no, you next cannot one, steal her. She is ours. No, no, no she's <laughs> <laughs> Although you know, she'll let us know if she needs more work, and then we'll send her in your direction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the next one: How do you currently sell your handmade goods? Now, this was a choose all apply all that apply question. Mm. So you choose more than one option. Far and away, ninety one point seven four percent of people sell online. Yeah. That was no surprise. Um, mm-hmm. The next is, well, at markets and shows, almost 50%, so 46.52%. And by word of mouth is the next one, which is 43.84%, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, After that is wholesale and consignment at 26.16%. So that word of mouth one really surprised me. Yeah, it did surprise me too. To friends Mm. and family. Uh, or, you know, but I guess then again, it is how most people start. So, you know, True. if you go back to why did you start your business? It's like, well, like I was just making so much stuff and people were telling me to actually sell them. So that's usually how it starts. Mm. Um, and then I see a lot of people who start like that, start with a Facebook page and in their local community, they, you know, the word spread that it's working and then they start looking into having an Etsy shop or a website, but it's, it can be just like an entry um, I don't know, but I'm saying that again, it's a cross reference. Like we might want to look at that and go, okay, well, is this people who have been selling for 15 plus years or is this people who are just getting started? Mm. I feel like it would be the more beginners mm. 
Definitely. Yeah. Um, or people with a smaller business mm. uh, who are, you know, more the hobby sort of part-time rather than a full-time. Maybe, I, I don't think know. You could, I can think of I don't the, know how you'd sustain a full-time business with well, that as one of But we're not main. saying what percentage of your business true. is right now. Like they true, could just be true. giving it to their sister-in-law, you know, <laughs> like you just. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. Um, I think it's important to here to note that that 91% for online sellers makes total sense with the population that we've that we've sampled because obviously we've done an online survey and so there'd probably be a bunch (laughs) like I'd say you know there'd be heaps and heaps of people out there and possibly in that older range maybe even in that younger range that we haven't captured who are selling uh, not online um so yeah it's just a representation yeah. of who well actually so maybe the data that's interesting is that 10 percent of people who did find the survey so they they are looking for information mm, and learning but they online, don't sell online they, like what, they don't sell online they yeah 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 <laughs> so they most likely i'm guessing markets and show and then the wholesale thing well and obviously the word of mouth but um mm. yeah yeah, but I mean, yes. we could definitely look at that ten percent because that's still over one hundred and eighty people. So we should definitely yeah. look into mm. like what they're doing and. Mm. How much well, I mean, I know people in my my community who are like, I've got one member who's a full time jeweler who has a brick and mortar shop mm. yes. and has had for ten years, mm. and she's just now thinking about getting online. Mm. Yeah, so you know, well, those people. It's are interesting times now. Hey, like I feel like yeah. we're yes. all quite well equipped already for this yes i think we're gonna to have to think hard about the survey next year and the context in which the people next year are going to have replied to the mm, survey because yeah. it's going to be um yeah an interesting year that we're living through for sure definitely um and then we actually then followed up this thankfully with a which avenue do you make the majority of your sales just to mm. clarify that and this skews things out a bit more um Online is 59.3% is the majority of sales. So that dropped quite significantly from, you know, 91% of people who sell online, but only 59% of people make most of their Mm. sales online. And following that was markets and shows Mm. at 21.5%. And then we had 9.5% of people who actually make the sales by word of mouth. I think that's the the one that surprised me the most Mm. because the other one was, uh, choose all that apply. So it's like, yeah, they could be selling online and a little bit of word of mouth, but it could be like two items on word of mouth versus like 50 on online each month. When you look at the, which avenue do you make the majority of your sales and you have almost 10% of them saying word of mouth, that's what's really surprised me. I was, I did not expect that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then wholesale and consignment, only 6.2% mm. of people, which that actually doesn't surprise me because uh, I feel like that is... Over the last 10 years, that's definitely declined significantly. Mm. Uh, people have definitely moved more to selling online rather than selling via shops. Yeah. Um, 1.1% of people have their own shop, their own brick-and-mortar shop, mm. <laughs> uh, which is cool. And then there's 8.7% of other there, which were all sorts of little weird random answers. So, mm. yeah, that was that was interesting. Um, I'm surprised the online's not higher, to be honest, but, again, that may change in the next survey yeah. <laughs> because people are not going to be selling yeah. at markets and shows or at shops for yeah. mm. how many months. So mm. that will definitely be a, an artifact mm. that we'll have to consider in next year's yeah. survey. Um, then there was a section of the survey where we, do- we dove into platforms. So for people who are selling online, um, what are they using and what do they currently sell on? And it was also choose all that apply because you could be selling on, you know, your own website plus, you know, on Etsy and also have orders coming from Instagram. Um, so 
the majority is Etsy at 80%. But again, and I think I said that at the very, very, very beginning of this um, episode, this is the sample that we have. And the people who helped us share this survey mostly have a 100%, you know, Etsy seller kind of audience. So the data is definitely skewed a little bit here. Um, so I just want to say that because I think it's important. I don't want people to take away that the majority of people sell on Etsy or, you know, it's, it's, it's just representative of the sample we have. Mm. And the next highest was Facebook, which actually surprised me. Yes, 29. super surprised well, by that. percent of people, the next highest, and then Instagram after that, and then Shopify's after that. I wonder if so. people, sorry to interrupt, I wonder if people, and I do that again, sorry to interrupt, but I'm going to. <laughs> I know what you're going to say too. I wonder if too. people class Facebook and Instagram as word of mouth because it's their friends. Mm. That's what I was going to say. That's I was not gonna what say. I thought you were going to say. Oh, what did you mean? I, was I say? thought you were going to say people are confusing marketing with selling. Like do you market on Facebook with selling on Facebook? Oh, yeah, that's probably a good question too, but no, I wasn't mm. thinking that. <laughs> but no, but the people who are doing like live auctions and like just put something up and say, you know, first in first serve sort of thing that that is direct selling on instagram and facebook and mm. i guess a lot of people are still doing that um as well yeah so which online platforms do you currently sell on maybe we need to be a little bit more specific next year with that where we can go makes actually like, make sales make sales because there's people a difference in like yeah like mm. there's a difference between using it like people can buy or i'm actually making sales from it yeah, yeah, because definitely. also, you know, when you do a sales pitch, that's technically selling, but it's not making a sale. So Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the next question we had was, which online platform do you currently sell on? So obviously here was just for people who are selling online. And so the vast majority are 80% said Etsy. But again, as we were saying at the very beginning, that's mostly because, um, you know, the people who took the survey are Etsy sellers, not necessarily a representation of like the handmade industry in, you know, in its entirety. Uh, and then we have almost, well, 29.99, so I'm going to call that 30%. <laughs> I'd call that 30%. Yeah, I'd yes. call that 30% of people said uh, they were also selling on Facebook, which I thought was a pretty big chunk, yeah, to be definitely. honest. Uh, Instagram just behind was 25%. And then we have Shopify at 15% and Amazon Handmade at almost 11%. And WordPress is at 9% or oh, I'm just really, it's 8.59, but who wants that much? <laughs> <laughs> and then we had a few Squarespace, Wix and Weebly, but they're pretty yeah, small numbers. Pretty low. Yeah. So I was just wondering then, because we were just talking about the uh, word of mouth stuff, if people would classify Facebook and Instagram as word of mouth, because, mm. you know, you have all your friends and family on there. And if they say, oh, I know you, you make this thing, can I have one? And you say, yes, is that classified as word of mouth? Because you're just chatting to your friends. It's not face it to face. To, in, still. to me, I would think that is word of mouth. Yeah, so we need and to be even if a friend of a question, friend comes along. Yeah, yeah that's still word of mouth. Me. It's not like I would yeah. say, like currently selling on, I would say that's you putting your product up there saying, this is $20, send me the money and I'll send it to you. Yeah. And that's like a purchase. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like yeah. what I'm reading in this is, is you know, I have my products like you can buy from me on Facebook. Doesn't mean that I'm necessarily making a lot of sales from Facebook, but they're there at 30%, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, 
I think that's maybe another question we can ask next year, exactly like what the percentage of each platform represents for your, in your city. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cause we, we neglected to ask that question. Yes. Oops. was foolish of us. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> We're learning. We are learning. Because this was a lot many of work. Of us have done yeah, it. totally. It was definitely, and we have so many good notes for how much better it's going to be next year. Although the data mm. next year is going to be so skewed. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> no. But I think yeah, skewed, but it's just reality, yeah, and I reality. think it'll be yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. and that's it'll what be, we're trying to capture is what yeah. it is. So mm. yeah. the state of handmade, mm. the state of the business, the state of handmade community next year might look a lot different. Yeah, state of yeah. handmade this year. So I'm kind of glad we got this in now yeah. before that has all happened. Yeah. Because you know, my my assumption is that a lot more people will be selling online. A lot yeah. more people will be making more money online. Mm. Going to happen to wholesale and markets? Maybe more people, less people will do them because they don't mm. need to anymore. And you know, who knows what's going to happen? It could yeah. be a game changer mm. in our industry yeah. going mm. forward. I'm but, looking at uh, the state of handmade twenty. Uh, I was going to say twenty thirty. Well, yeah, that is twenty thirty. <laughs> yes, and go like a decade in review and see what happens. Like, wow, that's a big commitment. I know. I'm committed. <laughs> I'm committed, you girls. <laughs> Oh my God. Share share with your networks the Patreon link. <laughs> we'll be able to keep going for 10 years. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely going to need more patience. To be able to do that. Uh, but anyway, so after that, we did ask a few questions. We might not get into too many details here, but I think there's a few things that are interested in how satisfied people were on each platform. So like people mm. on Etsy, are they happy with the platform? Are they kind of on there, but just raging at it? <laughs> just in anger. Um, so Jess, do you want to talk about that yeah. a little bit? So we had a one to five scale, one being not at all satisfied and five being very satisfied, something like that. I don't have the exact wording in front of me. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but comparing them is very interesting. Um, like on Etsy, 32 and 33% are at three and four. So combining those together, that's like almost 70% of people who are, you know, somewhat satisfied to quite satisfied mm. with the platform mm. only 9.5 percent of people were not at all satisfied uh, but then if you look at amazon handmade as a contrast 20 percent of people are not at all satisfied with that as a platform and only like uh 25 of people up there at four and five who are very satisfied whereas like if you it skews like Amazon handmade definitely skews towards the not satisfied end. Mm. Etsy skews towards the satisfied end. Yeah. But not as much as Shopify and WordPress. They really skew towards the satisfied end. Um, the numbers for one and two, so, you know, very dissatisfied and pretty, you know, quite dissatisfied or whatever and are quite I low. I wonder if that's because, you know, with WordPress and Shopify, you're in control. Like you yeah, make all the rules and yeah. you own it and, you know, with Etsy you have to follow their rules. So, of course, hmm. people be a little bit like, I don't like yeah. the new rules they brought in. But when you're yeah, in control, yeah. then, yeah. It makes complete sense to me. That's exactly what it is. It's like, well, that's my website, mm. so I've set it up the way I want. <laughs> Therefore, yeah. I'm quite satisfied with my own choices. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and if we go down and look at the Facebook and Instagram ones, it's that's really interesting. They're almost like pyramids. Mm. With Both of them are pretty equal, with um, three being the what by far the most common response. So, you know, mm. kind of eh, in the Just middle. like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, like a necessary quite- evil. <laughs> Yeah, but there are still quite a lot of people in both circumstances, over 30% of people who are not satisfied with the platform mm. and then kind of about 20% who are quite satisfied. So I think, again, that may come down to that control thing. Like you're selling on Facebook and Instagram. It can be awkward to try. Like I, I still don't have shopping on Instagram set up. 
for a three-year-old because it just won't work. It just doesn't. Every, it's not. A, I've just, yeah. it's never been accepted yeah. and it's so frustrating because we sell in WooCommerce um, and we just gave up. We're like, you know what? We don't have that much trouble. Yeah, this, um, this is not worth the effort we're putting into it. Well, it's <laughs> super surprising that they have not sorted this out. Like it's Instagram we're uh, talking about. They're making, you know, they have so ridiculous. users and there's no like support that you can go like mm. where, uh, where I'm at with this. Like, <laughs> So, yeah. yeah, no, you're not it's the terrible. only one that can't sort this out. It's definitely a, a bit of a mess, that thing. But I think in terms of satisfaction as well, it's like with social media, it's a bit harder to analyze that because it's like, do they mean they're not satisfied in terms of like selling or general? Mm. Like, because it depends what your expectation is, you know, like if you yeah. expect that you're going to be on Instagram and you're just going to like roll in gold. You're going to mm. have so many sales. Maybe that's why you're not satisfied. <laughs> But if you're like looking at it as a way to connect and, um, you know, engage with your audience and all of that, maybe you are satisfied. So yeah, we yeah. could probably break this down into multiple yeah. questions. As yeah. in, mm, just like, like how, how long of a survey do we want? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you questions. think they call 300 question next year? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's, that's the state of that. And um, I think what we're going to do is leave it here for today yeah. because there is so much data that we're going to have to split this into two episodes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is probably a good, a good place to do that because we have a whole bunch of stuff to talk about when it comes to money. We're going to talk about money. And that is going to be ne- the next episode. We're going to be talking all about the moolah and uh, how much people are making and all that sort of stuff. And we've got this broken down into different currencies and places and there's some there's some discrepancies across different countries, which is really interesting. Uh, so, yeah, that is the next segment of our data. We hope you enjoyed this. We're so glad to finally share this information with yeah. you today. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, was, it's been so interesting to get this data and I'm hoping that, you know, as we go towards 2030 and our 10th anniversary, this we keep getting more and more people responding because that's going to give us an even broader yeah idea and if you uh, were driving or doing something where you like didn't have access to your computer remember later if you want to have like the graphs in front of you because i think us talking Mm. is fine but it just is so much better when you can actually visually (laughs) see what we're talking about it's the business of making.com slash results Yes, and you can get that download PDF as well. And please do share this um, episode with your network, especially if you shared the survey. We'd really appreciate you sharing the results mm. uh, so that all the people who responded uh, can can see them. Mm. It would be really interesting. And those who didn't as well because they might be like, oh, that's cool. Maybe I'll participate next year. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> be really nice. We'd love that. So thank you all so much for listening and being here. Hope you're taking care of yourselves and uh, that uh, all is well with you and your family in this very strange and difficult time that we're all going through right now. Uh, We hope we can help by just being that voice in your ear because I know a lot of us aren't talking to a lot of people right now. (laughs) And if you're bored and you're stuck at home and you're like, God, what am I going to do today? You should write a review for the podcast. That's five minutes of time used up. That's that. That's your activity for the afternoon. <laughs> we would sincerely appreciate that. That would be amazing. And thank you to everybody who has uh, written a review. Um, they're amazing. We love reading them. They make us so happy. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Thank you again.
And as we said, you know, we reference cross-referencing in this episode. We are doing a deep dive episode for our Platinum patrons on some of the cross-referencing data. So that will be coming out later this month. And if you're not already a patron, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash T-B-O-M for T-Bomb, the business of making. So that's patreon.com slash T-B-O-M and you can become a patron and get access to not only our uh, monthly Patreon only episode, but also behind the scenes, silly videos. And, uh, you know, we have a Q&A that's going to be coming up soon. Once we hit 60 patrons, we're doing a live private Q&A for our patrons or AMA, whatever you want to call it, uh, which is going to be super fun because we've done one before and it was awesome. Yeah, so, it was so we're good. really looking forward to yeah. doing, doing that. And we're not that far off now. So... Make it happen. Thank you so much, everybody. Um, We'll be back again very soon with the second half of the results from this State of Handmade Survey. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.